Welcome to Run Talk SA. I'm Brad Brown. It's great to have you on board once again. And we're in the home stretch of the 2015 Comrades Marathon. Uh, I've been chatting to, to Lindsay Parry and uh, just a couple of nights ago on Sunday, we answered a whole bunch of questions on the Ask Coach Parry podcast. And I, I really realized how nervous people are in the build up to this year's Comrades Marathon. The last upri- uh, last uprun was an absolute doozy in 2013 as far, as far as the weather goes. Let's hope that uh, the weather gods play along and it's slightly better in 2015 but uh, I think we are in for a great race and uh, I wanted to give you a bit of feedback of a story that we've featured here on Run Talk SA uh, a few times over probably the last year and a bit and uh, it's got to do with uh, a couple of guys that uh, were, were caught out for missing timing mats and I thought it would be a good time to to get Rowan James from the Comrades Marathon Association he's the race director of Comrades uh, on the, this week's program once again Rowan welcome back onto Run Talk SA nice to to catch up are you well Always good. Uh, thanks, Brad. Yeah, thanks for having me again on the show, and uh, pleased that we could uh, touch base on uh, a long outstanding matter that uh, has now come to conclusion. Yeah, you say a long outstanding matter. It has taken a bit of a while, but you did give the commitment when we first spoke to you about it that uh, you would come back on and uh, tell us about what happened when the matter was concluded, and it has been concluded now. Uh, it was a story that, uh, I mean, runners are very passionate about their sport in general. Uh, and it was uh, something that, that uh, raised a lot of concern. There were lots of opinions about it as well. But uh, things uh, have, have happened and, and the sort of uh, justice has been done, so to speak. Very much so, Brad. And uh, yes, and uh, you know, I actually just a couple of weeks ago went back and actually listened to the show uh, where I went on air and was uh, said that uh, you know I'm, I'm committed to, to seeing this process through. And uh, while I'm certainly from my side uh, knowing that it's taken a hell of a lot longer than what I'd hoped and envisaged, I think the desired outcome has eventually been reached, and, uh, and I think that's the important factor that we really need to focus on. Rowan, as far as the desired outcome, uh, there, there were a few years in question. I know 2013 has been sorted. We'll, we'll touch on 2014 in just a moment. But can you, you tell us, and, and let's talk, that there were a few individuals involved, but there was one in particular that we focused on that uh, Mark Dowdswell, who's uh, the lecturer from the University of Advartisrant, had, had come across after doing some statistical analysis on, on the comrades' numbers and finishing stats and that sort of thing. Uh, and one runner in particular who, who was running world marathon, uh, world record marathon, and splits in the second half of Comrades uh, was one that really stood out. But what, what was that uh, outcome? Yeah, very much so, Brad. Is the, uh, the outcome in question we're talking about is the 2012 and 2013 races. Uh, in question, obviously, it was before my time, but uh, I actually uh, was part of the process and obviously assisting KwaZulu-Natal Athletics uh, in actually uh, you know pulling all the required information and actually ably assisted by, by you and Run Talk SA and Mark Dowdswell as well. Uh, whereby effectively we submitted all that, we being the Comrades Marathon Association, submitted all those um, uh, information and details of runners in question to KwaZulu-Natal Athletics, who then in turn uh, constituted a disciplinary committee, which is known as a DC, uh, which then gave the 31 athletes in question uh, an opportunity to uh, either come forward and explain themselves, exonerate themselves, or keep quiet and face prosecution. So that process uh, then eventually ran its course whereby uh, 16, one six athletes were uh, found guilty of having uh, contravened um, Rule 140, which effectively means taking a short course, which uh, explains the world record times that you're talking about, uh, and they were subsequently um, disqualified out of either the 2012 or 2013 race, inclusive of that particular individual that you're talking about. 
that, as far as them, them having been disqualified, so to speak, out of, out of the race, will, will the records or do the records show that? And, and the reason I'm asking is because that particular gentleman's obviously uh, in, in this sort of process got himself a, a double green number. Does that still stand or is, is that being taken away as well? Uh, Brad, at this stage, that still stands from the point of view is that he's, uh, his two uh, races in question that are, are um, dubious being the 2012 and 2013 ones. Those two records or medal counts, if you want to call it that, will be expunged from his overall record. And I think obviously some further investigation has to go back because uh, through your show and Mark, you highlighted that I think it went right back as far as 2009 or maybe even 2003. Uh, so uh, at the moment, uh, he, he sits on 21 medals with uh, a double green number. Uh, and that, that now with the 2012 and 2013 having been con- concluded, takes him back down to 19 now. So I, it would only be a single laurel green number. Um, so uh, that's currently where his record stands in terms of his history with the Commerce Marathon until such time that further investigation can be done to see if there's uh, far more, you know, how many of those 19 runs are actually legitimate and how many aren't. Mm. Rowan, as far as having those records expunged uh, where they were found guilty of, of wrongdoing, is there is there sanction going forward? Are they facing bans? Are they allowed to run the race in the future? What's the story there? Yeah, the directive that we've received from KZNA uh, through the disciplinary committee on the conclusion of the process is that those athletes in question have to hand back their medals from either the 2013 and 2012 races or both, depending on which ones they did, uh, to and athletes. They had to do that by the 30th of April. If, uh, and then also the directive to us in Comrades Marathon Association from the KZNA Disciplinary Committee is that the results for 2012 and or 13 have to be uh, noted as disqualified and taken out of the official results. Uh, so that process we will do. And then uh, they will not be allowed to re-enter or participate in the 2015 race if they've not handed back their 2013 medals. Uh, or 2012 medals, depending on which year they contravene. Uh, as of today, being the 4th of May, Brad, I can confirm that um, KZNA has not come back to me and said any of those athletes in question had handed back any of their medals. So uh, we will look and see if any of them have entered for 2015, and we have the authority and the instruction with KZNA to take them out of this year's race. All right, brilliant. Uh, as far as 2014, I know we said we'd look at that as well, but this process does take time. There, there were a few incidents in 2014. Uh, well, what's the story with those, Rowan? I think the important thing, Brad, is that um, you know the, the, the message has been sent out now to the athletes and don't cheat and comrades will not tolerate cheating in any form or manner. So, uh, you know, and I think we had to really uh, put our foot down and make a stand, and, and I think that's why it's, it's been valuable that... Uh, you know, with the support that you put, you know, that you guys from Run Talk of us have put out there as well, Mark Dowdswell, that together we can help stamp this out because uh, there's no place in it in the sport. So in 2014, sadly, you referred to it as a few, but, um, you know, I have 47 confirmed cases that I now need to uh, put forward to uh, KZNA so that they can convene a disciplinary committee hearing for those 47 cases that I'm aware of. Of. And I think the important thing is, uh, you know, we need to term them as potential teachers. You know, bear in mind that they, uh, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Um, so, so very much, we will start that process now for the uh, 2014 cheats as well. And I think this one should go a hell of a lot quicker now that you know the process from 2012 and 13 has been concluded. 
Yeah, Rowan, I think it's important to note as well that this isn't a problem that's exclusive to comrades. I read an article in, in the last week, and I can't remember where I saw it, about uh, an international marathon where, where someone cheated and actually ended up, I don't know if she ended up winning it or ended up finishing in the top three, uh, and she jumped in on the route. So it's not, it's not an issue that's exclusive to South Africa or exclusive to comrades, but it's just good to see that comrades is taking action. And you talk about the 2014 one. I think I've spoken about it on the podcast too, that one of, one of the guys that have, that, that's been investigated is... Me, very, very much so, uh, Brad. And, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, glad to say that uh, we know we know your history behind it and all that sort of, uh, and the reason uh, you know where you were supposed to be uh, considered a cheat, uh, you know, naturally stated on uh, on the show and here that's not the case. And in fact, just to the situation that you found yourself in 2014 was actually very similar to the few of the 2013 race found themselves in. So I'll go back to that and. How that actually happened is that one of the runners' rescue buses that picked up a whole batch of runners drove right up to the uh, stadium gate where the runners come into the stadium. And those of you that have run comments will know that roughly two kilometers out, the route is entirely fenced in on both sides. Um, that shouldn't have happened. So uh, obviously when the uh, the bailers all alighted from the uh, taxi or the bailers bus, so to speak, the only way they could get into the stadium was to follow the route of the runners. So in a way, it's almost a similar process of what happened to you where you uh, kindly bailed over the fence to, in the stadium last year to help somebody in uh, distress from a medical point of view. Uh, and th- those people all of 2013 were naturally absolved and uh, their, their, um, their record cleared um, as unofficial finishes. And uh, your case is exactly the same as well. So eventually when we get to deal with the uh, 2014 cases, naturally you'll, uh, your result will certainly, well, you haven't got a result, so to speak, but... Uh, you certainly won't be viewed as a cheat. Yeah, well, I missed every single timing, Matt, and I still cocked it up so badly that I missed the 12-hour cutoff. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I think that'll be, a, um, you know, you've got to live with that consequence with all your mates <laughs> ragging you about that one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Rowan, uh, as far as uh, just being in charge as, as race director at Comrades, we spoke to you when you first uh, were appointed and, and you were saying you were looking forward to the challenge. I'm, I'm trying to think how long it is since you, you've been in that position. Is it two years already? No, not quite, uh, Brad. I only started in uh, the middle of March last year, okay, so, so it's uh, a year. Okay. I'm only on to month 14. So to uh, speak, it, yeah, maybe it feels like an eternity already. Are, are you enjoying uh, it and you've settled in? And, and, I mean, you were saying it was practically your dream job. It was uh, something you, you've always wanted to do. you you still enjoying it and still loving it? Loving it every single day. By far the best move. That, uh, you know, I've had, I've had an incredibly fortunate career, and I suppose in a way like you have, that I've managed to be in the sports industry all my life. Had an incredible 10 years as sponsorship manager at Nike as well. So absolutely loving it, you know. And uh, my passion for comrades is almost the same as yours. Having run the race 15 times, I know what I know what the people on the other side of the fence are going through because I've been there. And, uh, and uh, I absolutely thoroughly enjoy being able to head up a team that can put on this incredible foot race that uh, each and every one of us can be a part of. Is it easier to run it or to organize it? Uh, I think uh, I'll I'll reserve comments on that one (laughs) (laughs) Rowan, brilliant just looking ahead to to this year's race end of the month uh, Comrades got anything special planned I know it is a a big one and a a commemorative year this year what can runners expect at Comrades 2015? I think it's uh, absolutely you know it's the second biggest field in the history of the race we've got just over 22,500 entries naturally they won't all start uh, that's only been surpassed by the year 2000 entry figure, but then we remember everyone was wrapped up in the whole Y2K hype around that. So, a special year, it's the 90th anniversary of the Comrades Marathon. So, 
couple of uh, special innovations that we have done is that the um, a special commemorative medal uh, that that is a once-off that all the runners will be getting. So where they've been used to getting a, a rather small medal of 28 millimeters, this year they'll be getting a medal of 40 millimeters with a special Mountiot logo on it as well. And there's uh, just some other great celebrations uh, around the event that uh, will keep the runners in suspense and a surprise. But uh, uh, I think really the big thing is uh, one of the key things as well is around the uh, the retail store. We've uh, in conjunction with our apparel sponsor, New Balance, have bought far more aggressively in terms of uh, stock uh, range and limiteds. Uh, so that will go a hell of a lot further. We will have much deeper stock and more SKUs. Uh, well, that's basically styles as well. And uh, then there will be some other celebratory things happening around the event, like sponsors, dinners, and uh, that sort of thing. So really looking forward to an exciting race this year. As far as the expo goes and registration, I know the last couple of years there have been one or two sort of technical glitches uh, got to do with, with sort of lines and, and that sort of thing. You, you're hoping everything's sort of sorted out this year and things are going to run smoothly? Very much so, Brad. And I'm, uh, I've, I'm particular with my team have dedicated a huge amount of time onto, onto the, the registration expo. So we've given it a radical makeover and uh, those who are familiar with the uh, the expo process, how it basically is, is where the physio area was last year in the expo hall in Durban. That's where the registration area will be this year. So we've effectively taken the registration area right from the back of the hall, moved it into the front of the hall. Uh, in terms of and some of the key learnings that we've uh, picked up at races like the Paris Marathon and the Gold Coast Marathon, and uh, I know what I've, I know what I had to do to fix this. And uh, together with the team, I think we can do it. You know, I was faced with a similar challenge about four years ago at uh, Two Oceans, where uh, we had the um, the expo at the Good Hope Centre, and then uh, the queue one in that particular year was down at the fort. Yep, that's right. I'm not kidding. And then the following, we, you know, we took note of what the problems were, and the following year fixed them and was solved. So, uh, you know, I think the key thing there is that we've taken the key learnings from uh, the, the areas, and I think we've been compounding with comrades now over a few years, and have really addressed aggressively so that we can uh, uh, fix it up and streamline this year. So, uh, I'm very confident that. Um, we won't have queues like we've had in the past, and, and rightly so, Brad. I mean, you know, the, the bulk of your listeners are going to be on the road for t- 9, 10, 11 hours. It's absolutely inexcusable that they should have to stand around in a queue for three hours. Well, I'm going to make a suggestion, uh, and I'm going to put it out there. Obviously, you can avoid those queues. It's pretty simple. You're not going to be able to do it in 2015, but for future comrades, uh, all you need to do is raise 5,000 Rand for the Race for Charity initiative, and you get your own registration. You're in and out there in five minutes. So, uh, Rowan, I'm secretly hoping you don't sort those queues out so we can raise more money for charity. Love your work, Brad, and it's a fantastic <laughs> initiative that you you actually came up with, uh, and very much so from that point of view. And it's uh, it's an area that Comrades is definitely going into more and more and focusing more and more in terms of the charity. We'll never lose or lose sight of our history, value, ethos, and tradition, but uh, it's a really a do-good thing. And uh, not only that, is that you also get the opportunity then to start in a special CC charity batch, uh, which you know these days with the field growing to the size it does, just means to get over the start line that much quicker. Rowan, talking of, of the seeding batches, I know things have, have changed slightly this year. Can, can you explain those to us? Is that because of the bigger field that you, you've adjusted those? What's the story? Yeah, the, uh, naturally, the, the qualifying criteria have actually stayed the same all the way through. Naturally, whatever you run your qualifier, it determines the uh, seeding batch that you're going to end up going into. So now that today at uh, half past four was officially the final day to be able to uh, update your entry, let the office know of qualifiers or seeding and updates and upgrades. And we are now able to uh, work out what the size of each uh, seeding batch will be based on the number of uh, athletes that have qualified into each of them. We've got a formula whereby we work out roughly what sort of size of 
an athlete takes in terms of square meters and then work out the uh, the seating bash that way. One of the things we'll also be doing this year, Brad, is that in the past it's only ever been one sort of gate on either side of the fence that gets you into your back. So it, it can result in a bit of a crush at times. So what we're actually going to do is put at least, depending on the size of the seating match, and actually the bigger ones, we'll put two or three entry gates in on either side of the fence just to allow for a better loading and free flow of people into the gates, you know, uh, as well. So uh, I think that's a, a plus in that form. And then what I would also just really like to encourage the runners who do listen to your shows, guys, don't jump over the fences. It's... Uh, it's just not worth it, you know, you end up pulling a hamstring or something, you've trained for six months for it. And not only that, it's really disrespectful and unfair on your other uh, fellow uh, running colleagues who entered the pens in good faith. What we have put in the final race instructions this year, if anybody is caught jumping by over the fences by the technical officials, then the race number will be noted down and they will be disqualified at the finish. So just appeal to the listeners, uh, guys, it's not worth it. Don't risk it and jeopardize it jumping over a fence. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, Rowan, thank you so much for your time once again today. It's, it is much appreciated. Just before I do let you go, you mentioned that the, the sort of closing date and times were, were Monday. Uh, we were recording this on Monday. It'll probably only go out later on in the week. But if, if somebody has qualified, they have entered, and they forgot to submit their, their, their qualifying times, is there any way that they can do it, or is that it? Cut-offs done, done and dusted. Sorry for you. You're out of it. Absolutely, Brad. So, you know, there always comes a time, but obviously there's quite a few things that we still need to do behind the scenes from an operational, logistical, and administrative point of view. So uh, by the time any, the listeners listen to this show, when you take it live on your on your stream and that sort of thing, too late. Uh, everything on any matter of mean and avenue is closed. Uh, if, you, if you haven't managed to do your entry housekeeping properly, sadly so, and, uh, the best I can say is that, uh, you know, you'll have to look forward to the 2016 race. Brilliant. Rowan James, race director of the Comrades Marathon. We look forward to seeing you down in Durban and Peter Maritzburg uh, in just under four weeks from now. Good luck with the final sort of bit of preparation with you and your team. I know it's a, a hectic time of the year for you guys, but your, your systems are in place and, and everything does seem to run like clockwork. But uh, we look forward to, to seeing you down there. Fantastic, Brad. Thanks very much for having me on the show. And uh, to, all the, to all the listeners out there, may you have a fantastic run on the day. I never dish out any advice because uh, you get bombarded with it so much nobody ever listens. But the only advice I always give out is two things. One is be yourself. And two, if you feel that you're having a bad day, look around. There's someone who is worse off than you are. <laughs> Great advice, Rowan. I always say there's no hill that's never been walked, uh, not been walked up. So that's my bit of advice for you. So there we go. Rowan James. Love it as well. Thank, yeah, that's it. thank you very much. Good we look stuff, forward man. to chatting and uh, take okay. care. Good stuff. Yeah, thanks, Brad. No problem. All the best, man. And we'll chat again soon.